December 23rd, the eve of Christmas Eve. <laughs> uh, I was kind of running late here because I have to put all the news stories together, y'all. <clears throat> so I know this is a Christmas-specific song, but we are inclusive here at Simply Cyber. So happy holidays, happy Festivus, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa. And whatever holiday you may be celebrating during this holiday season, I wish you the absolute very best. Good morning. Uh, coffee's good. Good morning, folks. Today is December 23rd, 2022. It's a Friday. Stars are lining up nicely for a great weekend. I hope all of you are doing fantastic today. Welcome to episode number 268 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief. I'm your host, Fox 45 Minutes. I'll be delivering the top news stories of the day and giving my uh, uh, analytic, some might say expert, some might say fool, uh, opinion on that story and what it means to um, you as a practitioner. Now, before we get into it, even though it is a holiday season, it is a perfect time to go right in a one-house open sleigh, but also to say thank you to the stream sponsors, starting with our good friends, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping business owners from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done, which can happen on the holiday weekend. I got to tell you right now, real quick, um, best wishes, uh, lots of love to Eric Taylor and the entire um, Barricade Cyber Solutions team out there that it's a quiet, quiet weekend for you all. Listen, Barricade Cyber, the reason it might not be a uh, quiet weekend for them is because cyber attacks can cause massive harm and issues for business owners and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions, they know how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. So if you do have a hot mess situation this weekend, check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. This is their website right here. And you can just hop on the calendar and bing, bang, boom. You've got yourself a... An appointment with Eric, but again, I hope it's a quiet weekend for Eric and the team over there. Also want to say much love and respect for Recon InfoSec, another defender in our information security space. If your organization is large enough to have real cybersecurity concerns, maybe Vice Society ransomware actors are looking at you, but maybe not quite large enough to be a full-fledged security operations capability from the ground up in-house, check out the managed detection and response offering from Recon InfoSec. Their offering includes the people, process, and technology needed to deliver full-spectrum security operations to organizations of any size. And I want to point out that unlike many of the big commodity MDRs providers that offer big promises, little value, Recon MDRs take has a security-first approach that provides real answers, effective defense. Essentially, you can pick up the phone and talk to, um, you don't go through like a, client success manager you can talk to who you need to talk to in order to get the issues that you're dealing with resolved 
<clears throat> I want to remind you, if you are holding a professional certification, as Will Reed just shouted out in chat, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, even holiday-themed episodes of the of the Cyber Set, Cyber Daily Threat, Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Oh my God, coffee, please work. Uh, is worth half a CPE. So that's uh, two and a half a week, ten a month. Let's do this one. Oh, oh, this one's inclusive. Even though I don't like this one, I've hear, I've heard it too much. It is inclusive. Two and a half a week, ten a month. Be sure to document literally the easiest and I would argue the most enjoyable way to earn CPEs. Just say what's up in chat. If you're live, hashtag Team Live. Maybe Feliz Navidad. Maybe Good Morning. Maybe Merry Christmas. Maybe Happy Holidays. Just say something because it'll burn it into the stream, as you can see. Just see how Doris from Germany just got burned in there. Hi from Germany. Right? So now Doris can say, there it is. Boom. Jason Skate's making an appearance. Good to see you, Jason. I hope everything's well in your life. Guys, if you're watching on replay, there's nothing wrong with that. Hashtag Team Replay. What's up, West Coast people? What's up, Pacific Rim folks? Thanks for catching the stream on the replay. We've got a special show for you today. If you want to jump right to the news, then basically skip ahead until the screen changes or until, you know, normally I'd say you hear the podcast, but there's no podcast today. So we got to, you know, I guess hang out or jump ahead two minutes. But what I want to do is have a couple slugs of coffee, get the juices flowing in me. And uh, say good morning to the Simply Cyber community, squad members and community members alike. Hey, Jordan Lee. What's up, Anthony B? Coming in on LinkedIn. I see you over there. Jay Smith with the hashtag Team Life. George Strasberger. Appreciate you sending me that story, George, about the uh, lawyer and the Rockettes. Had a conversation last night with Mick Douglas about that. Guys, if you didn't see the um, live stream last night with Mick Douglas... Um, there was only like 40 people there. It was kind of uh, low attendance. But, dude, this right here, such a good conversation. This guy is so awesome. We've already uh, made plans for him to come back on uh, and talk about a whole host of other things. Such a good such a good guy. Will Broom, I'm doing good. I hope you are too. Not only IT. Whoa, Brent Gree's in the house. Good to see you, Brent Gree. Hope Emerson's well. Guys. We're going into the long holiday weekend. I'm super pumped about it. Christmas here is on Sunday. Uh, or, you know, for Christmas, it's Sunday. Mele Kalikimaka. Thank you, Naturally Me. I appreciate that. Oh, Kimberly getting the holiday shopping in. I hear you. Hopefully you didn't have to wrestle anyone, Kimberly. Joe Gallant. Oh, cool. Thanks for checking out the stream, Joe. All right, guys. So really quick. Today is one of the rare days. And if you've caught the stream like the day after Thanksgiving... Um, maybe you know this, but normally we run a pretty tight show where we use the CISO series podcast, cybersecurity headlines, in order to drive our show. Well, here's the problem. There is no podcast today. So what we do in these instances is I go ahead and curate a bunch of different stories in advance. I've only read like the title and maybe a little bit of the paragraph because I'm going to be the host, the podcaster, and so much more. Here we go. We'll do one more holiday song here. Jim Wales with the uh, super chat. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you so much, Jim Wales, for the super chat. Genuinely appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you. I hope you guys had a chance to check out the advent of cyber. I was very, very uh, proud and honored to have been asked to be part of that program this year. I hope I get asked back next year. The people in the comments were very, very kind to me. Um, said some really nice things. 
So if you didn't check it out, Try Hackme's Advent of Cyber is going on right now. You still have time to jump in there and uh, knock it out. So enjoy it. Enjoy it. Uh, no, the site's not down, LegoSec. It's just they take, um, the CISO series takes uh, some time off. Um, so that's how that works. All right, guys. So let's, I guess, let's begin what will inevitably turn out to be a hilarious experience of me trying to... <laughs> Of me trying to uh, <clears throat> do the podcast. Okay, here we go. All right, here we go. Holy crap, George is getting married today? Whoa, whoa, and a super what? chat. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you so much, Kimberly, uh, for the super chat. And George, congratulations, my friend. Congratulations. Toasty. Very toasty. Way to, uh, way to succeed at life, my friend. Uh, best wishes on your marriage uh, today and every day going forward. Happy holidays. All right, guys, so let's get into the news. Normally, I would be playing the podcast, but we're going to just chill on that and do this. All right. <clears throat> Whoops. So here's our first story provided by uh, Eric Taylor of Barricade Cyber Solutions. FTC... FTC seeks to, to penalize Drizzly and its CEO over data breach that exposed two and a half million users' data. Oh, by the way, I would just suggest you uh, look at chat, sit back, relax, and enjoy the the soothing tones of the of the uh, New England crooner that I am as I uh, croon the cyber news stories for the day. All right, so the FTC is seeking to penalize, which they probably most certainly will, a company called Drizzly over just horrible 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 cybersecurity practices okay now just so you know you all know drizzly is basically a mail order or not a mail order it's like it's like uber but instead of them bringing a car to you to go somewhere they just bring booze to you so the idea here is that like oh you're planning here's here's the ideal uh explanation that you'd probably see a commercial for Oh, putting together a holiday party, doing everything. Oh, did you get the apple pie? Oh, it smells good in here. Oh, Graham, I haven't seen you in a month. Hey, did you get the red wine? Oh my God, I totally forgot. Call Drizzly. They'll bring a bottle of red wine. Oh, you saved the um, Christmas dinner. Nice job, Drizzly. But in reality, it's like you're hammered at 2 a.m. and you really should go to bed, but you're like, hey, let's order 30 more beers. And people are like, yes, right? So that's what Drizzly's um, MO is, right? They just, it's like they'll deliver booze to you, okay? Now, here's what happened. In 2020, these donkeys, uh, they were using AWS, right? And they had a GitHub account. They literally posted uh, their company logins to the AWS in GitHub. So first of all, that's obviously a terrible software developer practice. You should not be putting uh, creds directly into a public repository. That's just bad news. Um, also, let me do this. I feel like I, feel like I need um, background music here. Let's do this. Let's do this. Hold on one second. All right, so now we got like some holiday background music. All right, so they post the creds in AWS, and then obviously hackers have tools that just scan looking for creds in AWS, uh, in, excuse me, in GitHub. So they got that, jumped in, and installed crypto miners. Now, you know my my take on crypto miners installed by threat actors. I'm almost like glad that they installed a crypto miner, not because I want crypto mining on my assets, but because that means they had access to install crap on my network and they chose to install something that's relatively benign to business operations, okay? You know, I, I don't love it, I don't love it, but I'm willing to in, accept, uh, endure it if I have to, okay? 
Now, here's what happens. Drizzly finds out and takes reasonable safeguards. But then, then, um, the CEO is like, oh, no big deal. Um, where is it? I did read this story in advance because I wanted to be a little bit smoother. Ba basically, here's the deal, okay? I'll just tell you, right? So Drizzly, they get popped for putting creds in GitHub. It's a hot mess on fire. They finally lock the account by changing the uh, password so the threat actors can't get in. Then they find um, another GitHub account where, <clears throat> like a month later or two or whatever, where they're not using multi-factor authentication for an internet-facing resource that holds the company's uh, source code and threat actors get in, they get into the database, they pull all of the user's uh, customer data out of the database. This is right after having this other incident. And the FTC is all sorts of pissed because the CEO isn't even putting in basic fundamental foundational information security practices <clears throat> right after they got hit, right? So wicked stupid, um, not good. A part of the FTC's judgment, if this just shows you how, how um, flagrant this dude was with his cybersecurity practices, the FTC is seeking that this guy be forced for the rest of his life any any CEO job he takes for the rest of his life, he will be held accountable to requiring an information security program is put in place at that business, which sounds like a really particular uh, punishment for this guy. It is a good practice, but in reality, all he's going to do is be the CEO of a company and then hire someone to be a CISO. And whether or not that CISO does their job well or not, I'm sure he won't care. Uh, he'll just point the finger down at the CISO and say, well, I did what you said. I hired someone. Um, so if you did use Drizzly, you probably got some type of notification. Um, it looks like they have a one of those um, breach sites, alcoholdeliverydatabreach.com, right? Every, every company that gets hit that's any level of good size uh, does this. Um, looks like the... Hold on. Why is this a story? The opt-out deadline and the claim filings are from 2021. I wonder if they had another issue. Hmm. Anyways, this this company, hot mess on fire, super annoying. FTC's cracking down on them. Next story. All right. Vice, by the way, I did try to curate a, um, you know, a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Eclectic collection of stories. Okay. Vice Society ransomware attackers adopt robust encryption methods. Vice Society ransomware actors have switched to yet another custom ransomware payload in their recent attacks aimed at a variety of sectors. Now, unlike other ransomware gangs, the cybercrime actors Vice Society do not use file encrypting malware developed in-house. Instead, they deploy third-party lockers such as Kitty, Zeppelin, Red Alert, etc. Now, here's what's really interesting. This implies a locker as a service that's offered by an unknown threat actor in the form of a builder that allows its buyers to customize their payloads, including encrypted file extension, ransom note file, ransom note content, and wallpaper text. Okay, so here's the deal. This is this the reason I wanted to share this story with you is because this is a significant development in the ransomware threat actor maturity level. All right, so I'm not gonna go through the whole I'm not going to go through the whole like rigmarole, but you know, basically it was like all in-house, they'd hit you. Then they started doing data exfiltration as part of their game. Then they started leveling up their game with like using Go and Rust to, to be able to encrypt faster. They've also done ransomware as a service, so they make it easier so it can expand faster. This is the next 
level of maturation for ransomware threat actors. In fact, if you can work this into a uh, a job interview, I guarantee you, um, well, I don't guarantee you, but I feel strongly that other people um, aren't thinking about this this way. But so what is happening is normally, like say LockBit ransomware, right? When you're getting hit with LockBit, yes, they have LockBit as, you know, ransomware as a service. So it, it's it's more widespread. Um, they have certain TTPs and stuff, but but you you can see like, oh, that's LockBit ransomware. No, no big deal. This right here, they are using different encryption payloads so like think of it as like an abstraction they went up a level where like it's not like oh this is the ransomware malware let's get it installed and detonate it now it's like this is a shell or a cradle that holds a malware payload of ransomware and we can it, it, it's modular like we can pull in a di like zeppelin or or kitty or lockbit or conti or whatever whatever it is it's very, very modular. So now you can swap in and out the actual ransomware encryption uh, malware payload uh, because of the way that they've designed this, which is obviously going to make it harder because if you, you know, like whatever, say you have some technology that helps protect against ransomware, right? Well, maybe it protects against certain variants of ransomware, but not all variants. So Vice Society could quickly swap out what that payload is. Um, it, this is not surprising. This is the way that like, think of it as like a plugin for Metasploit, right? That's what they've done. They, they've, they've, they've abstracted the, the, the delivery mechanism. So now you can swap in and out ransomware payloads. It's a, to me, this is a significant development in ransomware threat actor, um, activity and one that sucks for us, obviously. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> I went to hit the button to play the music. Dummy. All right. Um, France finds Microsoft 60 million euros for using advertising cookies without user consent. All right, here we go. First of all, this, I'm telling you right here, I don't know if this falls under GDPR. Um, is this GDPR or not? Well, it, <clears throat> I don't see the word GDPR early in the story, but here's the thing. Dude, European Union, they don't F around when it comes to when it comes to uh, data privacy and uh, in, uh, individual uh, privacy. Now, 60 million euros, it, Microsoft's not getting out of bed for less than like 150 million, million euros, right? Like this is like, oh, like, let's just write this off. I'm sure Microsoft's not happy, but it makes you wonder how much advertising they were able to sell based on collecting these cookies without user consent, right? Was it more than 60 million euros? Probably. Does that mean that if the return on investment's higher for the cost? Yeah. Probably. Um, I don't understand. So guys, every time you go to a website, since GDPR has been invented, you get barraged with all sorts of like, accept all cookies, reject all cookies, like dig deeper. And then like when you try to dig deeper to granularly select what cookies you want, they make it like wicked, um, f like full of friction and difficult. I usually get frustrated and just hit accept all cookies and accept that I'm being tracked and that's all there is to it. But um, Microsoft obviously didn't make their pop-up annoying enough and were tracking people the way they were pre-GDPR, pre-privacy uh, regulation, which kind of sucks. It makes me wonder, Microsoft's such a big company. It makes me wonder, like, obviously, like, whoever's in charge of Microsoft right now, Steve Ballmer, whoever, like, they probably weren't involved in the decision to do this. So at some level of management, someone said like, oh, don't worry about it. Let's just do it. We'll pay the fine afterwards if we get caught. Um, 
guys, you know, it's not okay. That's why we have legislation to say, um, you know, individual privacy uh, will be something people opt into. This is just a, um, a, a, a you know, a big, well-funded conglomerate um, flexing on on regulations like who cares like okay like we'll pay the fine whenever you if you ever find us no big deal so that's that i'm gonna try to look at chat a little bit more too since i'm i'm doing both the uh podcast and the analysis part that's right casley joseph says 60 million euros is just operational expense you, you stroke the check from petty cash right before you head out to hit the back nine uh with a bucket of coronas yeah, Edward Meyer. Yeah, of course, man. Yeah, 60 million euros would be life-altering for many of us, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, exactly. Hey, none. why do it, though? I don't know. I Exactly, I don't know. Like, dude, you can go to any website now, and if they want you to uh, collect cookies, they, they just... It looks like a 1993 webpage. I, for those of you who are old enough to remember, like, the early 90s, before, like, b before the web really got figured out and stuff... Dude, you'd go to a website and it would be like pop up, pop up, pop up, pop up, pop up, pop up, pop up. It was like all in your face. You couldn't close the damn things fast enough. That's kind of what these um, that's what these cookie uh, opt-in alerts are like, kind of. So, what's up, Robert Moore? It's good to see you. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's a good question, Asha. How do they come up with these fines? Um. You know, they probably do it based on the number of individuals that were affected and then multiply it by a scalar variable and then adjust it for the size of the uh, annual revenue for the uh, for the company being hit. You know what I mean? That way, a company that happens to have like 2 million customers, but they're, you know, a 100-person company or something doesn't get hit for 60 million euros. The, the, these, these regulations are supposed to be punitive damages, not catastrophic business closing damages. You know what I mean? Um so we'll see about that. All right. Yeah. Pop-up blockers are awesome. Happy snow day, Ottawa. Good things, Chinadu. Good to see you. All right. Hey, okay. So now I curated this story because this is a big one. This one actually uh, pisses me off because, um, well, we'll get into it. It pisses me off and it's going to be, this is going to be work for me, which is rawr. So LastPass admits the severe data breach encrypted password vaults stolen. All right. So some of you may... Well, here, I'll read the story. The August 2022 security breach of LastPass may have been more severe than previously disclosed by the company. Ugh. You know what, you know what I want to do with LastPass? <laughs> Listen, the popular password management service on Thursday revealed that malicious actors obtained a trove of personal information belonging to his customers that included their encrypted password vaults by using data siphoned from the earlier break-in stolen is basic customer account info and related metadata including you know billing addresses all this other stuff ip addresses that isn't really i mean that's okay but not super okay um there's an ongoing investigation into it a single compromised employee account led to the uh total compromise of the business um the unidentified attacker obtained creds and keys that were leveraged to extract information from a backup stored in a cloud-based storage service. <sighs> All right. All right, hold on. Actually, this is pretty good. 
The copy customer vault data from the encrypted storage service is in a proprietary binary format that contains unencrypted data such as website, fully encrypted fields like website, usernames, and passwords. Um, oh God, okay. Yeah, whatever. Credit card data wasn't compromised. You know what? I don't care about that right now. Like, this is not good. All right. Um, okay, so here's the deal with this one. This one has a lot of action to it, unfortunately. I'm going to have to take a sip of coffee because this one's going to... All right, guys. I swear to God. Like, <sighs> this one, this one, I the, like, I need, like, where's my Rage Against the Machine one? I should play Rage right now. Um, I don't see it, but here's the deal. Okay, so LastPass suffered a major attack um, a couple months ago, right? Maybe six months ago. And LastPass is a major password vault management solution, okay? Some people use LastPass. Some people use Bitwarden. Some people use um, KeyPass, one, one Pass, right? And I'll tell you what, I think KeyPass is the one that's local only, which is uh, one reason why people do that. So like a situation like this never turns into an issue. But many of us like the modern convenience of having uh, kind of like, you know, you get a whole, like almost like thin clients where like I drop my phone in a toilet and then I just go get a new phone and hook into all of my cloud-based systems. And guess what? I'm back up and running. I'm feeling great. I can switch to my laptop, my desktop, you know, uh, my, my in-laws computer and boom, I've got access to all my creds, right? So that's really, really convenient and why a lot of people do it. So part of the, part of the, uh, trust here is that the, the company will encrypt your password vault and not have access to it, which is fine because that's what LastPass did in this case. However, because they had a backup of the data, which makes sense because they're supposed to for business continuity purposes, a threat actor was able to get in there and download it. Okay. Now they also said that some of the websites, all the customer information, as far as like, you know, username, full name, address, billing address, IP address, that they all got that in clear text. Uh, website URLs from the password vault, apparently for some reason, was in clear text. And then the passwords, username and passwords were encrypted. Okay, but they have access to it. Let me tell you a couple things. Let me tell you why this sucks for everybody, okay, that used LastPass. And I used LastPass for like two years. I switched to Bitwarden three, four years ago, but it doesn't matter. A lot of my creds, I don't, I don't recycle or renew my credentials because I have 45 character passwords that are never going to get cracked. But now, so here's the deal. I'm a bad guy. I have your encrypted vault and a bunch of clear text information on you. I can now fish you, right? With very believable fishes because I know a whole bunch of crap about you and trick you into giving me a password, right? It might be the different password than your password vault. Okay. But there is the opportunity. Second, I can go to data breaches. I have your email and name. I can just look through data dumps and see if you're in there, which you probably will be, and try those passwords to decrypt your password vault. Finally, if you have, well, no, thirdly, if you have a suck password, which if you're using a password vault and your password to unlock that vault is terrible, I, I'm sorry. I usually am very non-judgmental and try to be incredibly understanding 
and inclusive of different perspectives and walk in life. But if you like, think of the irony here. You are so dumb. Think about the irony here, okay? You have a password vault. You went through all of the trouble to set it up to protect your passwords. And then the key to unlock that is a password that is super basic. Do you understand? Do you see the irony in that? Okay, so if you did that, I'm sorry, but now there's brute force attack methods to unlock those passwords. And guess what? Threat actors have all the time in the world to run on trying to break those passwords, uh, those those um, vaults open. And then finally, not that we're really anywhere near this yet, but if the threat actors get access to quantum computing, right? Again, we're, we're not really close to that from a consumer perspective, but let's just say like, dude, this data isn't gonna, this data isn't like a, um, like a Christmas ham that's gonna spoil uh, by New Year's Eve. You know what I mean? Like you need, this, this data is just going to sit there. So when the technology catches up and you're able to crack these, like wholesale crack them, all of those username and passwords are going to be in the bad guy's hands. So now it's it's kind of incumbent on you. I'm, I'm not calling it a foot race, right? But it's essentially a race between when those password vaults get cracked versus you changing the username and passwords to all of your accounts that are in that vault which is ridiculous because I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I have hundreds of accounts and I, it just sucks, man. It sucks. This sucks. Suck, 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 suck. So anyways, the TLDR, um, no surprise. LastPass either didn't know or was trying to play the spin game, uh, on disclosing how bad this was. I might also put out you know, from a PR perspective, you see sports teams do this all the time. This story's dropping on Christmas Eve Eve, right? Do you know what? A lot of people aren't working. A lot of people aren't reading email. A lot of people are focused on family and travel and holidays and last minute Christmas shopping and all sorts of other stuff, right? They're not thinking about this. So this is gonna like kind of go under the rug. Maybe you'll get an automated email from LastPass about how seriously they take security and privacy and what you can do to protect yourself. But man, this sucks. Uh, yeah, Kimberly is pissed about changing her accounts. I agree. Uh, Adam Frank spent six hours changing last passwords halfway through. Exactly, man. It sucks. It sucks. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, the, the, what, the one good thing is you can pull up your last pass or you can pull up your whole password vault and literally go down like a checkbox. Like, all right, changed it, change it. But dude, there's just some applications that are such a pain in the ass to change the password on. I'm sorry. So... Exactly. So Brady McNulty knows exactly what accounts to change exactly. So, I mean, there is that. It's just, you know, I use LastPass password vaults. We, uh, excuse me. I use password vaults to reduce friction, reduce time, increase security for my experience of using the internet. And now I've just been given like, you know, whatever, a 10-hour task uh, by, by these threat actors. So kind of stinks, man. I switched to, hey, I'll tell you what. I mean, personally, I, you know, LastPass is not a sponsor, nor do I have any ill will to them, although they obviously have some serious issues. I switched from LastPass to Bitwarden years ago, and I've been very happy with Bitwarden. Uh, B I T W A R D E N, Bitwarden. It does all the things I want it to do and genuinely appreciate it. So if you're looking for an alternative, because this is the final straw, check out Bitwarden. Link in the description below. I'm joking. There's no link, but it's just Bitwarden. In fact, here. 
Let me do this really quickly. This is Bitwarden right here, okay? Check it out. All right, next story. Oh, hold on one second. Hold on one second. Actually, hold on. I mean, we basically already blew the copyright uh, strikes with the Christmas music, right? So why not, right? Let's go all in. All right. want to thank all of you for attending the uh, holiday show. Thank you for the sponsorships, Barricade Cyber Solutions and Recon InfoSec. Guys, it's been a wonderful 2022. We grew as a community. We grew as a platform. A lot of people broke in, got the jobs they wanted. Uh, a lot of people are targeting for 2023. I'm super excited for all of you. I'm looking forward to having uh, a great 2023 uh, with all of you. So thank you all very much. And uh, if you didn't know, the newsletter I send every single Monday, although I think uh, this newsletter will come out on Tuesday next week. I'm literally trying to, I'm really trying to take a three day weekend. I, I mean, not to complain or, bemoan to, to you guys because that's not really what I'm supposed to be doing up here. I, I need a little break. <laughs> so I'm going to take a couple days. Uh, so no show Monday, no newsletter Monday, although it'll come out Tuesday. And, um, you know, if you're looking to get actionable intel that you can do something with, um, check out the newsletter. It's very easy to unsubscribe from the newsletter. Jess Bishop with a gifted subs. Thanks so much, Jess. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Become best friends. Yep. Guys, if you didn't know, the advent of cyber at Try Hackney is going on right now. I know. I appreciate that, Joel. Uh, guys, if you didn't check it out, attack surface reduction was my room on Try Hackney. Uh, they had originally asked me if I wanted two rooms, and I, I was like, kind of like, oh no, I, I don't want to take on too much work and, and not be able to deliver on it. So I did one room. Having done one room, I know I could do two rooms. So I hope I get asked back next year. I had a pleasant experience with them. They seem to like me, so uh, stay tuned for next year. But for this year, uh, if you're looking to learn a bit about attack surface reduction, also, uh, Kimberly knows uh, I threw an Easter egg in there for, for you guys. I threw a sound effect into my Try Hack Me room as a shout out to the Simply Cyber community. Uh, I thought, you know, you guys might enjoy it. Enjoy that as a little bit of a joke. All right. Alfredo, good to see you guys. All right, let's just take a minute. We got a smaller group today, 120 people. Um, some people have already started their uh, holiday uh, vacation. Totally understandable. If you don't, if you are getting value, um, today's not as important to hit the like button, but you know, if you do want to hit it, go ahead and crush that, crush that like button right now. FY, also, guys, just so you know, supporting our own community, DJ Bsec has a Twitch channel under the same name, twitch.tv slash DJ Bsec. He's been doing the Advent of Cyber Rooms. He's got great stream content and production value, so go check that out as well. Hey, Matt McDaniel. Here we go, y'all. See, it's, it's kind of a relaxed holiday episode. We're, we're taking our time. We're listening to songs with lyrics. <laughs> uh, click the green icon above to accept the the um, the subs, guys. If you're not a sub member, there we go. Michelob knows what's going on. 
Uh, yes, this is. So my good friend, um, uh, Colonel Andy McGuire. Oh, thank you, Paula Terranova. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. My good friend, uh, hold on, la, 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 la. La, 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 la. Yeah, so my good friend, Colonel Andy McGuire from the, uh, the Air Force, he doesn't, he's not part of that elect Electron Squadron anymore. Can I do He, um, I gave a talk uh, to his squadron a couple uh, years ago, and he actually gave me this uh, this mug, custom mug. It's got my name, Dr. Gerald Ozier, on it, and that's their squad lo logo. He's not there anymore. He's um, he's over. He's somewhere else. But yeah, he was my uh, he was my roommate in college. <laughs> Dude's awesome. So he he uh, hooked us up. Um, all right, let's get, continue on with the music. Thank you all for being here. All right, so got a couple more stories here. Data privacy rules are sweeping across the globe and getting stricter. All right, so it sounds like GDP, as you can see, uh, rules governing how data should be stored, used, and shared can be overwhelming for resource-strapped cyber and risk management departments. This is true, but that does not, um, it, that's not an acceptable explanation of why Drizzly um, just totally disregarded uh, user privacy and data. Since 2018, the European Union's GDPR, there have been constant increase in these type of regulations. I say it all the time on the show. GDPR is no joke, dude. They find the crap out of everybody all the time, including like I didn't plan this, but, you know, Microsoft getting hit for 60 million euros. Just also in the news today. 35 of the 50 United States have a least considered data privacy regulations and California is set to become stricter. Well, OK, so. This is really crappy. So here's the story. Uh, basically, more privacy regulations coming. Guys, this shouldn't be a surprise to you, okay? People are getting their privacy data stolen all the time. Oh, that stinks, uh, Casually Joseph. Someone hop... Casually Joseph, get on a um, get on a workstation and click that. If you don't... If you're not a squad member right now, um, click some of those... Uh, click the little gifts on the top there. Th those are gifted squad memberships. It's a Christmas gift from Paula Terranova and Jess Bishop or a holiday gift. Um, but guys, here's the thing. Um, United States has been way behind the curve on privacy regulations. Although some states, the more progressive states like California, I believe Maine has a pretty solid privacy law. And what? Uh, Illinois, maybe? There's a couple states, Massachusetts for sure. South Carolina has got an okay one. Not great. Um, but there's it's a patchwork, right? Now, here's something that bums me out. Two things. One, this means 15 of the U.S. states haven't even considered data privacy regulation, which, by the way, just hint, hint. Great cash, homie. Think about who benefits from lax privacy regulation. I'll give you a hint. Um, great cash, homie. I don't have a, uh, a cash register sound effect, but guys, like big business... Who helps fund political campaigns that cost big money, <laughs> right? So for 15 of the U.S. states to not even be considering privacy regulation leads me to believe that lobbyists and uh, campaign donation people are like, hey, you know what? Um, this is a more important issue than data privacy. We should look at this other more important issue. But in reality, it's like, don't look at data privacy, right? Um, and the fact that California is going to get more strict, this is kind of unfortunate because... Like California's already like got a pretty good privacy law. They actually lead the country in the United States as far as privacy regulation goes. So making it stricter, it's like, you know, 
I, I don't know. It's like, what, what, what's a good metaphor? I usually have like somewhat decent metaphors. Um, imagine having like, uh, like a garage full of cars, right? You have 50 cars and like some of them are nice. Some of them are crap boxes. Some of them don't even turn on. And then you've got like this like sick um, Ferrari with like, you know, nice paint job. It's wicked nice and tuned and everything. And then, and then you're like, okay, you know what? I know, I know, like, I know that all of this other crap's going on here, but like, we should put nicer rims on that Ferrari. That's what, that, that's what needs to happen around here. So not the, not, not that, not a perfect metaphor, but my thing is, it's like, especially California, bro. I mean, like California's on, like all, all due respect and love base case, like California's on fire. Uh, their economy is kind of jacked up the way it's been run. Lots of businesses fleeing to um, basically San Francisco, Texas, which is also called Austin, Texas. So they've got a lot of problems. Focusing on on stricter privacy regulations seems kind of a, a like misfocus, if you will. Um, but anyways, I will tell you the final thing because I wanted to have a privacy story in here. The final thing that you should know about is there has been discussions at the federal level to introduce um, a federal privacy regulation that would actually be less strict than the, you know, the strictest state one. So like, even though if California makes theirs more strict, when the federal one goes into place, if it does go into place, uh, every state will have to conform to that one. And you might be saying like, why can't you do that one plus more? And the reason is because the federal government wants it to be standard across all states. So then you could start having standardized uh, laws, standardized enforcement, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, all right. So that's that story. I should have a, like, hmm. Boom, roasted. I'll play that after every story. That's what I should have been doing along the way here. All right. Still got some gifted subs up there. So get on that. San Francisco, Texas. I'm serious. Yeah. All right. Cybersecurity firms cut staff as fears about economy funding mount. Okay. So this is a industry one that's a little scary. The wave of layoffs started this summer and have spanned departments, including workers and in technical roles. No kidding. Um, what is this guy? Look at this guy. Does anyone wear... Hold on. I'm not, not to mock this guy, but like, does anyone wear headphones this way? He's wearing it as like a headband. It's kind of strange. Um, okay. All right, so let's look at this here. Um, this guy's the CEO of Malwarebytes, which many of us know. He had to do job cuts. Um, cybersecurity companies have laid off hundreds of workers in recent months as concerns mount that an economic downturn will delay funding rounds. Believe that, guys. I can I can tell you, I can tell you, this is quite true right now around funding and VC dollars and the inflation and stuff like that. Like I can tell you, definitively, it's true. So since mid-year cyber services and technology providers across the industry have been shedding staff in multiple rounds to cut workforces, cybersecurity is seen as many as relatively insulated from economic downturn as hacks continue to plague companies of all sizes because of billions of dollars invested into the early stage. But cybersecurity companies often run through cash at high rates. All right. So as an example, Cyber Reason, a Boston-based, what's up? Shout out to Boston. Uh, startup had planned an initial IPO in 2022, said in June it had to lay off 140 people, 10% of its workforce. Then it laid off another 17% in October. Ugh. All right, so here's the deal, guys. Two things are going on here. One, um, layoffs are a real thing. When businesses, um, let's see what uh, 
chat saying here. Brady, oh, bummer. I thought you'd read each story in a different accent. Oh, I'm sorry, Brady. Uh, thanks for the sub. Uh, Jim Dawson's telling you, Jess. Um, hey, Allendo Peruso, uh, jump in there from Trinidad. Paula Terranova's got some gifted subs up there. Click on that uh, Christmas present. Open that thing up. All right, so guys, here's the thing. Um, right now, there's an economic downturn. Recessions are looming. Inflation still increasing. The United States Fed uh, is doing everything it can to kind of stem that. And it seems like there is some improvement. But when you're trying to slow down a recession uh, and turn it around, it's like turning a cruise ship around. You don't do it like instantly. It's not a cigarette boat where you're just like, Whoo! like take a left turn. Uh, it, it's slow and it takes time. And that's what we're seeing. So cybersecurity firms, now they say firms, so they're thinking of cybersecurity tech product companies like LastPass, who's probably going to lose some market share uh, because of this recent story. Um, these companies are, they have like the magic solution, right? It's a single pane of glass, next gen firewall, whatever it is, they get massive amounts of VC dollars, venture capitalists, people with uh, extra money to burn basically, who are looking uh, to put it into tech companies instead of uh, the market or savings account or whatever, because the return on investment, guys, here's the thing. You put a million dollars into a savings account, it gets you like 1%. You put a million dollars into S&P 500, it gets you 8%. You put a million dollars into a cybersecurity company and it goes viral in a unicorn and then it sells for like 250, 500 million dollars. You make like 400% on your investment, right? So obviously it's a risk and reward uh, system the higher the risk, the higher the potential reward, which is why you take the risk on. And in this case, VCs, like I'm not saying a million dollars is a lot of money or not a lot of money, but for VCs, taking a million dollars and giving it to a company on a high risk investment, that's something that they can handle uh, because they have millions of dollars, right? So it'd, it'd be the equivalent of like, say one of us investing like $10 into a company, right? And being like, well, if I lose it, it's not terrible or a hundred dollars or a thousand, like it depends where you are financially. But my point is, this happens. And even if you have a great product, um, you you may be burning cash. And guys, CEOs, they don't want to lay people off, but it's a reality, right? Labor, period. This is a fact. Labor is always the highest line item liability on your balance sheet because it's going to happen every couple weeks. You can't kick it down the road. You can't put pause on paychecks, right? I'll tell you for a fact, if you tell your employees that you're not going to pay them, they're going to find another job believe that okay so that's that's the case and it sucks um now from a practitioner perspective they don't talk about practitioners but be mindful of that too guys um we've seen companies cut their infosec department and it's because the business is like well you know nothing bad has happened so i don't see really what the value is of having these people of course um you're you're basically cutting the safety net out underneath the trapeze and hoping that you don't fall off the trapeze but uh that's that I'm just going to show this website that I track every once in a while, layoffs.fyi. Uh, this is a site that tracks um, tech layoffs. Okay. True uh, TU Simple, I don't know who they are, but they laid off a quarter of their force. Lendis, 50% of their force. Um, um, I don't know. Zami, they look familiar. Um, Let's see. I don't recognize many of these, but Plural Site, I recognize them. 20% of their workforce done. Freshly. I don't know where how much their percentage was. So, anyways, it's happening a lot, people. Psychognito, 15%. 
Armis, I know them, 4%, passive vulnerability scanner. Blue Apron, you get enough of their coupons in the mail, 10% of their workforce down. Okay, so all I'm going to say about this final story here is uh, keep networking, keep your resume fresh, keep keep going, guys. Like You could easily be laid off tomorrow. I'm not saying that to stoke fear. I'm telling you because it's a reality. Keep grinding. Do what you're supposed to do. Um, even if you just got a job, you know, keep doing the things you're doing. A, so you establish value for yourself to your business where you are, and so you d develop bit, uh, value for yourself so you're more you're marketable and you're continuing to network. Guys, it's always easy to find a job when you have a job, right? All right, let's take a sip of coffee. Mm. Also, if folks can remind me, I actually watched... Uh, I want to share something about a semiconductor a ARM and a big story that just happened that I heard about yesterday. Remind me at the end of the stream. It's like less cybersecurity and more macro level, uh, geopolitical, economical, but it, I found it uh, fascinating. I want to share with you. All right. Next story. And I appreciate those staying with, uh, staying with the stream today. We've been hovering around 115, 125. I think people are coming in and they're like, hold on, Jerry's reading these stories? Ugh. Which, which is fine. That's why I do the podcast part uh, to, to facilitate it. But um, zombie guy doesn't get Blue Apron in the mail. Yeah, they used to. They were coming strong. All right. Comcast Xfinity accounts hacked in widespread 2FA bypass. The reason I put this story in here is to remind people that 2FA is not silver bullet. Okay. Comcast Xfinity customers report their accounts being hacked in widespread attack that bypassed 2FA. Uh, let's see if there's a way to determine how the 2FA got bypassed. Um, all right. So victims realized that they couldn't, uh, that they had been hacked when they tried to log in and they couldn't log in because their passwords had been changed. So the threat actor, um, so threat actors, uh, logged in and then changed their password, which is such a prick move. Um, uh, secondary email had been put in on their account, which happens also guys, if you ever get your, your, uh, email account hacked or your business gets hacked. Go in and look. At, yes, change the password, but go in and look at the um, the, the 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 rules because you can configure rules. Threat actors will regularly in, uh, create a new rule that forwards all emails. So even after you kick them out of the account, they still get a copy of all the inbound emails you receive. They don't get a copy of what you said, but every time someone replies to you, they can see the history of that email conversation, which allows them persistence. You'll see this a lot in business email compromise attacks. Um, because the threat actors need to keep, stay informed on like what your behaviors are. All right. Um, oh, we're running late on time here. Um, what's a 2FA? Um, I'm trying to figure out how the 2FA got bypassed. Um, someone was able to reset my password and change personal accounts. They bypassed 2FA. All right. So this is interesting. 2FA bypass allegedly circulating privately. Um, the attackers have used a privately circulated one-time pa uh, password bypass for the Xfinity site that allows them to forge successful 2FAs. So this isn't good. So basically, there's a technical exploitation around whatever 2FA solution um, Yahoo uses. I mean, Yahoo, excuse me, Comcast Xfinity. So I don't know what that is. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, whatever the 2FA bypass is, hopefully they get their arms around it because that's really scary, dude. 
Um, obviously, if you have a crap password or you're reusing passwords, that's how they get the first part in. So make sure you're not using crap passwords. Be sure to use a password vault, not LastPass, to uh, store your um, your passwords. Uh, and if you have a Comcast Xfinity, change your password. Obviously, you probably already know about this uh, and make it really a secure one. All right, guys, we're way over time. Uh, let me let me do this. Uh, do, do, I'll just tell you the next story was going to be uh, uh, Bet MGM had a data breach. So if you use them, <laughs> look, look forward to your letter. Uh, I want to say happy holidays to everybody. Uh, from the Simply Cyber um, family, which is my family, right? The Osiers, um, my wife, my kids. Um, looking forward to, I feel like very monotone right now, but I'm looking forward to uh, the weekend, spending time with the family. We're, we're the kind of family that does the pajamas, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, so let's spend a, a couple minutes jaw jacking, if you will. Uh, genuinely appreciate everything you guys do. Exactly. Brady McNulty's nailed it. You guys are getting new passwords in your stockings this Christmas. Um, okay. Thank you all very much. I, I genuinely appreciate it. As I mentioned uh, already, um, the stream will be um, not happening on Monday. So the next stream is Tuesday, January, uh, whatever, or December. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place, guys. Whatever Tuesday is. Uh, we'll, we'll happy do that. Have to do that. Thank you. Oh, Grayson's joke of the day. Thank you, Jim Wales. <laughs> Thank you, Pamela. So yeah, Grayson's joke of the day. Um, why? No, no, no. Grayson told me this this morning. What, um, of all, oh yeah. So what, what insects, what insects don't like the holidays? What insects don't like the holidays. Thank you, Kimberly. What insects don't like the holidays? Obviously, the ba humbugs. The ba humbugs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you, Andrew Nakamura. Thank you. I, I, that's why I wanted you to remind me. Yes. Got it, Casually Joseph. All right, guys. So if you were here just for the news, uh, appreciate it. Check this out. Um, um, so check this out, guys. Um, hold on one second. I got to pull the news story up. Um, Um, I, they changed the name of it. Um, heist of the century. Yeah. No, 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 no. So, one second. Sorry. Um, I wasn't prepared to like present this. So, uh, oh Yes. Um, all right, so semiconductor. Okay, so. Okay, so. 
check this out. All right. So there's been this ongoing news story about U.S. This is huge geopolitically. Okay. There's been all sorts, and we've talked about it throughout the stream a little bit. There's been stories of how the U.S. is putting sanctions on sending semiconductors chips to China. Japan hopped in. Netherlands hopped in. China's been getting crushed. And we talked about how China is able to integrate technologies, but they can't produce semiconductors, which is like the backbone of everything, right? You can't build an IoT device without a semiconductor. You can't build all these things. Well, what China did was... Um, oh, this isn't even the story. Ba basically, China... So ARM, A-R-M, right? Here it is. Is this it? Yes, this is it. So our so ARM processor. So ARM chips are like huge, right? So ARM chips are everywhere, right? ARM chips are everywhere. Well, um, a, 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 like a conglomerate, like the ARM went public or something like this. Like, long story. Um, basically, a bunch of different countries got involved with purchasing parts of ARM or ARM holdings, and China bought fifty one percent. Well, um, under all of this. Um, under all of this like sanctions and scrutiny and geopolitical pullbacks and stuff like that, the, the board or whatever at Arm Holdings tried to vote the, the, the Chinese representative off of the board. And they, they held the vote and it was eight to one in favor of kicking him off. And I don't know 100% if he's on the board and he was the one dissenting opinion, but whatever it was, they voted eight to one to kick the Chinese contingent off of the board and he's like all right that's fine um by the way uh i own 51 percent, which means i make all final decisions and everybody that just voted against me is fired and removed from the board anyone that opposes us is gone and then basically pulled the company uh back into china and 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 essentially china now has uh a semi like all the intellectual property to build their own semiconductors. It was like a multi-year, you know, very expensive and completely legal, uh, mind you, way of acquiring semiconductor intellectual property, um, which isn't, I mean, what you, it's to totally legal, right? It's totally legal, but, but what that means is uh, and it's a little scary. Uh, again, tinfoil hat, right? So I don't, I, I'm not well researched on this story. I just read a couple reports, listened to some stuff. So if I'm wrong, please objectively clarify in the comments. Don't just flame me for flame's sake. But uh, an another thing is now, now that China can, will be able to produce these in the next year or so, um, they'll be able to massively roll out um, surveillance state technology and put a tighter. Um, authoritative grip on their population you know so and, and and frankly the sanctions that the you know united states and japan and netherlands are putting on china will have less impact because they're just going to say who cares like i don't care because we're going to make our own ships i will tell you what what actually spawned this is um and again i do try to be um i try to keep it I try to keep it um, cybersecurity and objective, but I I do watch this uh, show right here, and this is where I first heard about it, and then I did some more. Um, 
I did some more research. Okay. See, this isn't it. This is not it. This is... Maybe this is it. Maybe it was a year-old story and I... Yeah, this is the one I watched. So this was actually a year ago. I had no idea it was a year ago. But anyways, I watched this new show, Breaking Points. He's a Republican. She's a Democrat. They do actually try to report objectively and on stories that main... Like, they'll cover mainstream media stories, but they will also cover stories that they want to do themselves. They actually used to work for The Hill, but they left and started their own channel because they were being told what stories to cover and more importantly, what stories not to cover as reporters. And they didn't like that. So they created their own show where they cover what they want. I love this show. I think it's subjective and informed. Um, but that that's that. You guys didn't come here to listen to me talk about what where I get my news. But, um, oh, Mark Lester sharing a book called Ghost Fleet. Let's check it out, um, Mark. Oh, this is cool. Ghost Fleet, okay. I see you. So Mark Lester in chat is recommending this book. Um... It blends techno thriller hunt for red october i would buy this but if i did it on stream i think you'd see my address and credit card so <laughs> uh and i'm not so let me um um yeah shuttle crab that's where i first found them years ago but they, they're really really good i really really enjoy them guys check out um ghost fleet recommended by community member mark lester thanks mark for sharing that Let's do our happy holidays. I made this right before the stream. Um, all right, guys. Um, any other any other questions? Any other thoughts? Anything you want to share? Ooh, Pharmacy to Cyber just dropped. That's right. Thank you. Um, you guys are the best. Like you guys are like my support team. I, <laughs> I I like forget I forget so much stuff that I do that I just uh, I'm terrible at like um, I need I need people. So this is premiering right now if you guys want to jump in there. Yeah, so Brady McNulty, this is premiering. If you guys want to jump over there. Oh my God. So if you're interested, um, Pharmacy to Cyber is on right now. This is Brady McNulty, community member. Uh, great guy. This is an awesome, awesome interview. If you're a farm tech, a farm clerk, a farm assist. Um, this is really good, uh, good content. Thank you, David Beard on the GRC masterclass comments. Hopefully David, check out, I dropped three new lectures this week in there. Um, what book did, uh, he, uh, 2034, let's see, 2034 book. I don't know who, who authored that. Ooh. So we've got like world war three books all over the place. All right, New York Times bestseller. So um, this is a fiction novel, I guess, whereas Ghost Fleet is a more documentary, or Ghost Fleet seems more nonfiction. Thank you, Amelia Garcia. Have a good one yourself. All right. This is a perfect day. Did Mech Tech already drop? I don't know what Mech Tech is. Oh, Mech to Tech, no. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting. They misspelled, uh, the editors misspelled uh jared's name in the video so that will drop but i have marketing ops ready to go i have mechanic 
close to ready to go. Heavy equipment operator with Andrew Bollinger is ready to go. I've got a elementary school teacher to cyber scheduled for interview. Um, I, I've been, uh, I'm really, really pumped, dude. Those, those sponsored videos I did last week or two weeks ago um, certainly funded uh, the, that, that project of roll to cyber, which is really, really cool. Yes, mechanic to cyber is going to be cool. It's it's mechanic to pen tester too, which is even you know really cool. Nice. All right, y'all. I really really appreciate it. I think it's time to go. Oh, thank you, Kimberly. Yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping that uh, once we have the full library put together, it'll be really really nice um, to, as a resource to our community. Oh, cool. Naturally, me HR to cyber. I will do that. Um, Ping me. Can you ping me on DMs in uh, in um, Discord, please? Um, I'd appreciate that. All right, y'all. Merry Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever holiday you're celebrating this weekend, please take advantage of the three-day weekend if you are fortunate enough to have Monday off. I hope you're fortunate enough to be able to get some time off, whether... You have to work tomorrow or not, uh, whatever it is. Oh, perfect, Lego sec. Yeah, you're gonna love it. Uh, Jared is a wicked cool um, uh, guy. Oh, Adam Frank's off for three weeks. Jesus, Adam, let me get on that boat. <laughs> I'll paddle, I'll just let me in the boat. I love it. All right, everyone, great, hey, great work. Um, I know we'll have a couple episodes next week before the new year, but I wanna just say, you know, I'm up here every day, you know, doing all this stuff, but I see all the work you guys are putting in. I see all the successes you've had. I'm really, really happy for all of you. Congratulations on a fantastic 2022. Be safe, enjoy, take advantage of all of the, like take a moment and really reflect on all the that you've accomplished in this year. You've done amazing work. Thank you so much, Cybercurity. Did we just become best friends? Central yep. for the super chat. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you. We will see you soon. Thank you all very much. All the best. And um, yeah, I, I don't really have a good send off, but I think I'll do it. I'll just do this one. Okay, here we go. <laughs> all right, guys. Why not? Why not? It's so nice we played it twice, right? All right, everyone. Be good. Take care. And we'll see you on Tuesday. Merry Christmas.